Yo, Trey. Kevin, what's up, man? You know, I've been thinking, what would have happened if the NBA never vetoes the Chris Paul trade to the Lakers and we get CP3 in the same backcourt as Kobe in L.A.? Well, you get a very happy Jack Nicholson, for sure. And the Lakers probably win a bunch more championships. CP3 finally gets a ring or two or three. And the Kardashian empire is forever altered. What did you just say? Hey, everybody, I'm Trey Wingo. And I'm Kevin Frazier, and we're teaming up on a new weekly sports podcast from Wondery Alternate Routes. As former sports center anchors and current sports obsessives, we're consumed by all the what-if questions that make being a sports fan so excruciatingly fun. If you're like us, then you also live and die on the fallout from every drop pass. Or play call. Each week on Alternate Routes, we'll take a flashpoint in sports, break down what actually happened, then explore every alternate scenario and the ripple effects it would have caused. Follow Alternate Routes on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can listen early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus. Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. It's the amazing Rico Bronia podcast with your host, Evan Roberts. Hey everybody, welcome to a very special first and only, because this will never happen again, driving to Disney World edition of Rico Bronia. Usually we drive home from Met Games. After a brutal loss or a great win, we're on our way to Disney. We're in the middle of a very hot um, license play game. So this podcast may be interrupted with myself or my wife or Jet screaming out of state. Right now, we've got about 34 of them. So we're well on our way to possibly winning the game and getting all 50 states plus the District of Columbia. Now, let's get to the news at hand. Yoshinabu Yamamoto. So a couple of things. Is anybody really surprised? Like, honestly, is anybody really stunned that this guy went to L.A.? I think for a while, the handwriting had been on the wall that while the Mets were bidding and they were seriously trying to get him, this was always going to be a long shot. And here's the way I view this on the owner of the Mets, Steve Cohen. And you can take this. No, I'm going to go this way because Google Maps keeps lying to me. I'm sorry. That was a comment to my wife. We're talking about trying to avoid traffic. I mean, we're driving to Disney World on I-95. You would think there wouldn't be any traffic. But we're in the state of South Carolina right now, about 18 miles away from the state of Georgia, and it's traffic. So, yeah, we're going to get off this highway, and it says six minutes faster. Anyhow, what was I saying? Oh, yeah, this clown Yamamoto. So, Steve Cohen is a big market owner. That's one thing we've learned about our owner. He is a big market owner. He has spent big bucks. We had the highest payroll in baseball last year, and they clearly tried to gain the services of Yoshinabu Yamamoto. But here's where I go back to something I said two weeks ago. He's a big market owner. He's not the caricature that we created when he first bought the team. And I'll tell you exactly why. If he's the caricature that we created, then the offer he would have made to Yamamoto is actually the one I suggested on the air on the Rico and on WFN, which was 12 years, $400 million. And as absurd as that sounds, and I get it, it's an absurd contract for a guy that's never pitched in the major leagues, that was always going to be the type of contract it was going to take to have this guy not go to L.A. or the Yankees. When you offer 12 years, 325, and I'm not criticizing it. It's a monster offer. That's why Steve Cohn is a legitimate big market owner. His offer was very similar to what the Yankees offered, a little bit more in terms of years, and very similar to what the Dodgers initially offered, which was a little bit less. So yes, the Mets came in and they made the biggest offer, 
12 years, 325. But they didn't blow him away. And quite honestly, this entire process, I thought the only way you were going to get him was to not just simply make the biggest offer, but blow him away. Because when you make the biggest offer, what ends up happening is exactly what transpired. Yamamoto had a preference to go to L.A. Doesn't mean he was never going to come to New York. Because again, if you blow him away the way the Yankees did CC 15 years ago, maybe he does come here. If you make the offer close enough that allows his agent to go back to the Dodgers and say, hey, look, 12 years, 300 is nice. We just got 12 years, 325. What do you think is going to happen? Like, it's close enough where a team like the Dodgers, who are obviously serious about getting him, could easily match it. And my assumption is the etiquette at that point is once the Dodgers match it, they're not going to then take it back to the Mets and say, okay, can you beat it? Like, it wasn't going to be one of those things. It was going to be, hey, can you match that biggest offer? You can? Great. This is where my client wants to be. It's over. So Steve Cohen made a big market legitimate offer to get this guy. And I saw his comments, or at least heard his comments, because my wife's done a great job of reading all the tweets and the text messages in the Mets text chat that's been sent over the last 12 hours. So I've read or I've heard from her beautiful voice, Mike Puma and Andy Martino and Jeff Passan. And I heard Steve Cohen's quote, which was, we tried. We left it all on the field. I don't deny that. I don't deny he tried. He was probably never given an opportunity once the Dodgers matched to go beat it, which is why the initial offer needed to be higher. Now, am I screaming and yelling about it? Am I saying this guy's a fraud? I'm not saying that. It's just we're talking rational here. Their only shot to get this guy was to significantly beat the Dodgers and Yankees offer. They did not. So we could play the semantics game. And you can say, well, they made the highest offer, which they did, that was very quickly matched. If they had a chance to then respond, would they have gone higher? Maybe, maybe. But I think when you're in a negotiation in which you are the underdog and the Mets were always the underdog, you can't be close. You've got to beat them. And they did it. So what's my emotion as I drive down to Disney World? Am I pissed off? I'm not pissed off. I'm disappointed, and I'm not surprised. I am sort of frustrated that the Mets didn't come in there and go with the shock and all offer because I really thought that was the only way they were going to get this guy. I don't think this was a Fugazi, you know, Will Pond attempt at, hey, we're going to appease our fans. I think they genuinely tried to get the guy. But unfortunately, the spot we're in as Mets fans is that to get free agents, we're going to have to blow them away. We're not in a position yet, maybe someday we will be, where you can match and get a guy. And let this be a lesson, because this is a very, very important lesson for the next big-time free agent the Mets are going to go after. And I don't think there's any doubt on who that guy is. That guy's going to be Juan Soto in one year. And let that be the lesson. If you're going to steal Juan Soto away from the New York Yankees, and they may have a great year this year, and Juan may fall in love with pinstripes, but he's still going to get the free agency. If you want him... You've got to beat the Yankees soundly to get them. And I think the same is going to go for the free agent pitchers that they're going to target a year from now, whether it's Shane Bieber or it's Corbin Burns. The only guy that they may not have to blow away to get to come home is Zach Wheeler because he has a history here. And who knows, maybe Zach would want to right the wrong of leaving in the first place. But this is the world we live in. And think about this. When the Mets got Max Scherzer, 
and they got Justin Verlander. They made the biggest offer by a decent amount. Like they made it so that Verlander and Scherzer, by the way, I'm in a very tricky spot now. I'm making this left-handed turn in which there's like a billion cars coming. And I'm going to try to focus on my thought while making this left-handed turn in a very safe way. I think I'm clear after this bus, right, baby? Yes. Okay. We're good to go. Yeah, you, you, you think that it's just driving down I-95, right? Like it's just a straight shot? Nah. Not on the Friday before Christmas. But when they got Scherzer and Verlander, they had to make clearly the biggest offer. They didn't do that clear enough in this bidding for Yoshinabu Yamamoto. So... I'm disappointed. I think that they needed to come in with a bigger, stronger offer to make it happen. And where I sit right now, three years into the Steve Cohen tenure, is that it's far better than what we used to have. There's no question this is a big market team, but this is not the Scrooge McDuck figure that we created in our heads. He's not going to sit there with all the jokes we've made over the last few years and get angry at agents and blow clients away and get whoever he wants. That hasn't been the case. They wanted this guy, and they didn't get him. And one thing George Steinbrenner used to do back in the day, because that's always the comparison we like to use, and this is the reality. I'm sorry if Met fans are going to get mad at me about this, but this is the figure we built up. George Steinbrenner never lost guys he wanted. Never did. And here is an example of the Mets really, really wanting a guy, and they went far, and they tried, but they didn't blow away the competition to make it happen. So I'm disappointed. Hoff, how you feeling about this whole thing? Uh, I'm a little disappointed, but I always knew he was going to the Dodgers. I mean, the, the writing was on the wall with, with Otani going there. Why would you not want to play for a super team if the money's the same? I mean, as soon as the Dodgers finagled the Shohei Otani uh, contract, it made just so much sense. So it stinks. I, I guess in some way, Evan, this is kind of childish, but it happens once in a while. I am happy that Yamamoto did not go to the Yankees because that would have stung. Even though I know he was never coming to the Mets, it would have hurt a lot more him choosing the Yankees over the Mets. Old man winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice, and a good polar vortex. Oh, heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, old man winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. So, there's two things right now. I'm going through a dead zone, so I'm not even sure you can hear me right now. Can you hear me right now, by the way? Am I good? You hear me? Uh, I'm just going to keep talking. I have no idea. Um, So, here's the thing with the Yankees. I agree with you to an extent. I think that Yamamoto picking a team in New York and not picking our team would have been a major disappointment, and it would have been very, very tough to deal with, and we would have seen firsthand how good this guy is, how great this guy is, how dominant he is, assuming that he is. 
So I, there's no doubt that would have been a massive, massive disappointment. But I do think that them getting Yamamoto at $30 million a season, because their offer was 10 years, 300. So they offered less years. They offered actually more per season, if I'm not mistaken, than what we offered or the Dodgers offered, but they offered the fewer years. Um, I think that would have made it very difficult for them to keep Juan Soto. So if we're thinking long-term about it, it would have negatively affected their attempt to keep Soto. And I don't think there's any doubt we're going to be sitting here a year from now talking about Juan Soto as the premier free agent that the Mets have to add. So in the short term, it's good. I agree with you because we don't have to live with our neighbors acquiring the guy we wanted and the insults that come with it. There would have been a lot of insults that came with it. You're the Mets. You're pathetic. Nobody wants you. You're a loser. You know, basically, Mets fans would have understood how I feel as a Jet Net fan, even though you probably already do because a lot of you guys are Jet Net fans or at least Jet fans. So that would have stuck. I'm not denying that. And I think there was a part of me that was relieved it wasn't the Yankees. But if we're thinking long-term, there are two reasons why we would have been better if it's the Yankees. One, like I mentioned, keeping Juan Soto would have been more difficult because they would have had to have committed $200 million to only six guys. But the other thing is, if the Mets are a playoff team this year, if somehow everything breaks right and we find ourselves in the postseason, and we're matched up with the L.A. Dodgers. Do we really want to deal with this? I mean, the Dodgers are still in our league. They may not be in our division, and they may be a far cry from where we are right now, but they are in our league. So I think uh, us being relieved, which I am, I admit, in the short term of Yamamoto not going to the Yankees, it's a real short term. Because long term, we would have been better off for those two reasons I gave with him going to the Yankees and hurting themselves financially before getting Juan Soto. And obviously, dare I say, we compete with the Dodgers at some point in October. Um, The pivot is going to be the big question. And I think that's the big question on everybody's mind. We have a lot of emails. We'll do another Rico in a day or so where I'm not driving down on Interstate 95, so we'll give it more thought on the pitchers they should go after. Their game plan now that they missed out on Yamamoto. We'll read a lot of the reactions that Medford has had to this signing. So we'll get into that as time goes on. But just initially, there's a disappointment and there's, I have to admit, a little bit of a loss in faith in this owner. Now, that's not a rip job. Again, he's a big market owner who's willing to spend. But when push comes to shove, when you really, really want a guy, how far are you going to be willing to go? And so I had talked long before Juan Soto was traded to the Yankees long before it became like a talking point that the Mets were going to bid on Soto and if the Yankees had acquired him the Mets were going to go hard after him to bring him in. I've always had that confidence that that would be the guy they target if they can't get Shohei Otani, which clearly they didn't. My confidence today a few days before Christmas 2023 it's down a little bit at their attempt to not only go after Soto but acquire him because In free agency, especially when you're a team that needs to prove a lot, you have to go above and beyond. And you've got to leave no doubt, as they say. And I have have had my faith hurt a little bit that while this owner is clearly willing to spend and spend big and the infrastructure of this organization, and certainly even in free agents, to get the big fish, you have to not only outspend your opponent, you have to leave no doubt. And the odds are, 
to get Juan Soto to leave the Bronx, you're not going to be able to match the Yankees and have that be enough. The tie is not going to us. The tie is going to them. If it's close, it's probably going to them. All right, let's not you know make believe that we're something we're not. If you want Juan Soto and the Yankees are willing to go to 510, the Mets better be willing to go to 600. And I do hope that Steve Cohen takes this experience as a lesson for now. And maybe this changes in five years. Hopefully it does. But for now, you have to absolutely leave no doubt in free agency when you're targeting somebody. And that's the lesson of this. And I hope it's a lesson Steve Cohen takes. So that's where I'm at. That's my reaction to this whole thing. We will give you another Rico in about a day where the sound quality will be better, where I won't be driving to Disney World. It'll be after like a whole day of uh, Magic Kingdom. Everybody's tired. Everybody's sleeping, basically. And we'll go through the emails and everybody's reaction at therecob at gmail.com. And obviously, we will then get into the pivot points of where the match should go. So this is a pseudo-instant reaction to Yoshinabu Yamamoto signing with the Los Angeles Dodgers. We appreciate you listening and downloading Rico Brody. We hope you enjoyed this episode of the Rico Brony podcast. It's amazing, isn't it? Make sure you download it now to keep it on you at all times.